Hey, welcome to Bipolar. I hope you're ready for your bi-weekly pop culture fix nerds because my name is Will Fangy and I am here with my co-host and our master of most things British, Mr. Future Andy. Andy, how are things? Yeah, all well, good, Will. Thanks. How about you? Uh, doing pretty good. It's been a little while since we've sat down. You and I are some busy people, either by uh, by choice or by accident. Um, things have been uh, things have been a little crazy over there on your end. Uh, yeah, has been a bit mad. Not with just general life things, but illness. I've been ill. The baby's been ill. It, it's at the moment with with the little one. It's just a bit of a cycle of illness. Um, and they're never. It's not serious things. Um, thank goodness, but. Even small things like colds um, just keeps looping around for everyone. And if if um, the baby gets a cold, none of us are sleeping for at least about a week. No, um, thank you. No. Yeah. So it, even yeah, it's not like I said, it's not been a serious illness anywhere, but enough to just kill everything at the moment. Yeah, just kind of cut into stuff. No, um, uh, my wife was sick. Hey, I think up until about the middle of last week, she's been sick with something since. Um, Ooh, just since like Valentine's Day. So it's been uh, over a month, about a month and a half. She's been back and forth with with something. So I uh, I feel for you there. Like like we've said in the past when we've been talking about your your little girl being sick, at least my wife can communicate and tell me what hurts and what's wrong. I can't even yeah. imagine what it would be like to have to deal with a kid. So I'm sorry you've been having to deal with that. Yeah, yeah, no, it's no problem. It's all part of it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, good. I mean, you know, as long as you're taking care of her and not just being like, oh, just let her cry, let's go back to sleep, because that, that yeah, seems oh, to be yeah. irresponsible parenting. <laughs> I mean, I don't I know. I think even if I wanted to be that irresponsible, it's she uh, She makes it impossible to, to just ignore, which I guess is the whole point of the screaming. So, um, yeah, no, she uh, was certainly looking after her. Well, good, good. We've been, uh, I've been it's been kind of crazy over here on my end, too. It's... Uh, we're getting slowly but surely into photo shoot and wedding season, so both of my wife's businesses, um, the styling and the prop rental, are picking up pretty big. She and I took a big step this week and have launched uh, another business, uh, a small business consulting kind of thing, doing some SEO and copy rewriting and website design, not the coding part, but like the color scheming, arranging, things like that, and right. mar- marketing nice. marketing plans going into some of the stuff that I used to do, so Three Small Dogs Creative is taking off and, and doing well. We've already booked a couple of clients, so hopefully this will be a nice, a nice segue to me being able to have a little bit of a side income. Uh, I do love Nerd Perfect. Uprising. It's just uh, not at the point yet where we're paying the bills. <laughs> that 38p or whatever it was from um, from that book. Yeah. Not, not doing it for you, no? No, the, 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 <laughs> the, the, the 38 cents that we made from selling the hardcover copy of The Martian by Andy yeah. Weir, which we will once again put an Amazon link to in the <laughs> show notes, just in case somebody else wants to buy it. Spectacular novel. Um, show notes, by the way, we'll go ahead and get this out of the way early. We'll be at nerduprising.co slash bipolar slash five. We're already on the fifth episode. I know. Even with all the delays and setbacks, we're, we're still flying for them. And we've only changed the format once, which is good. I know. <laughs> you and I are finally getting into a groove. We're finally into something that we like. Yeah, um, definitely. Speaking of things that we liked, you were tasked for the last, I don't know, six to eight weeks or months, or however long it's been since we sat down, uh, which is <laughs> which actually probably that. it probably worked out for you because I asked you to read a book, and I know how keen you are on, uh, on jumping into novels. Um, this week's episode is about Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which is uh, uniquely named a trilogy in five parts. I just wanted you to read the first book because asking you to read a five-part trilogy, first and foremost numerically doesn't line up very well. <laughs> yeah. 
and uh, and second, especially with everything else you've had going on, that's uh, it would have been would have been a lot to handle. Uh, for those of you that are not familiar with the book, uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is uh, a novel by Douglas Adams, uh, the the recently deceased Douglas Adams. Uh, we we miss him immensely. Um, it's based on a radio comedy broadcast that was done or started on BBC Radio back in the late 70s. It has spawned all sorts of things. Like I said, five novels, um, another couple of books, a movie, a television series, some stage shows, some more radio programs, a video game, which after reading the books, I can only assume is absolutely nuts. Um, I thought that it was kind of interesting that it is a British novel by a British author that has a very healthy dose of some British humor in there. And I was the one who had to ask you to read it. Yeah, I think we'll obviously get to this in a bit um, when we talk about our feelings about it. But I think the Britishness of it is kind of what didn't appeal as much as I was reading it or didn't help it kind of go down quite as well. Um, But like I said, we'll get to that, I guess, when we get to that point. So I won't know dig into that bit too much quite yet okay no that's fine that's fine um it is one of the novels that is highly regard or one of the series of novels that is highly regarded in the in the kind of the circles that we run in the the nerd-based popular culture you get references to it all the time with the 40 yeah. 42 is the big one which mm-hmm. that's one of those if you know it then you then you get it if you don't know it, then you don't get it and the um Oh, what's the name of the drive there on the in the, the improbability drive and the heart of gold and things like that? Um, I found some of the characters to be what I think are, or at least I found the main character uh, of Arthur Dent to be what I think of when I think of your stereotypical depressed British guy. And I guess we can kind of kind of delve into that here in just a second. But the the entire series was very popular. Amongst the the crowd that I that I ran in when I was younger, uh, I remember reading um, Dirk Gently in the Long Dark Tea Time of the Soul, which was another uh, another novel by Douglas Adams that was the first uh, of two, uh, either two or three uh, Dirk Gently novels that he read, and really liking it, and then having the rest of the series suggested to me by uh, some of the other nerdy nerdy kids that I hung out with, and I really enjoyed it as a young person, and then I. You know, have read it again off and on as an adult, obviously a little bit faster now that I know what happens and things like that. But I always seem to pick mm. up some new little uh, clever nuance as I was going through. Um, what what did you think? And be honest, because, you know, we're we're, we're going to be friends until I kick you off the network for hurting my feelings. So <laughs> just uh, just keep that in mind. Be honest. Well, it, it may be the last bipolar then, um, because... I think I think first of all I think I may have ruined it or ruined myself on it a bit by watching the film first. Um, every character that was obviously the the the, the same characters across across both uh, naturally, but anything that was brought up in the book, or any names that were brought up in the book, I already had that image of them in my head. Um, so you know, one of the big things about when you're reading a book over a film is it leaves it to your imagination a bit to to kind of picture who you're who you're reading about and kind of imagine a bit more than you're you're actually just reading on the pages. Um, but all I could see was you know Martin Freeman and uh, Sam Rockwell um, playing their parts, and I think that I don't think that helped particularly. Um, it I, I thought it was interesting. Um, it was like I said, it was very 
had it was well it was very british um it has that kind of british sense of humor that is very reminiscent of of kind of terry pratchett books and um i guess a, a bit of kind of monty python in the sense of just the the kind of silly silly for silly's sake um i guess poor one out for terry uh, pratchett yeah yeah i know very sad yeah. um yeah so yeah i i enjoyed it um but i don't know if i enjoyed it enough to maybe read anything else in the series or carry on with the series um you know have you read any of the others are they worth kind of carrying on with Actually, i have well you have read them all haven't you well i have read all the way through Oh, goodness. I have read the first book. I've read The Restaurant at the End of the Universe, which is the second book. I've read Life, the Universe, and Everything, which is the third book. And I dabbled in... I say dabbled in as though it was like some form of art. I think I read parts of... I think I've read parts of So Long and Thanks for All the Fish, um, which is the fourth one. I haven't even touched Mostly Harmless. Um, And I didn't even get anywhere close to the... What is it? Aaron Colfer, I believe, is the guy who wrote... um, and another thing, because it it does what I feel like, and again, this is so loosely so loosely related to science fiction, but it does what I fear that some science fiction does, and it becomes so self-referential and convoluted the longer it goes on. Right. That I I felt like it was getting too complicated for complication's sake, and I enjoyed it when I was younger because it was a relatively easy read that had some kind of underlying or very overt humor to it if you knew what you were reading and then it just started to it started to lose that and it started to lose some of its i don't know some of i don't want to call it adolescent charm but some of its kind of immature charm and started to get a little more complicated and i lost track of characters and they'd come back three or four chapters later and i would kind of wonder what was going on and don't Mm. even get me started with marvin who has been a lot who has been around and alive for millions and millions of years and he's at the restaurant and he's not at the restaurant. Yeah, so I've I've read them. Um <laughs> so you've got issues with it. <laughs> I, I do well, not so much issues that um a picture of Marvin the Paranoid Android is not my gravatar, so my standard avatar on when I log into so many different things. I don't know. I, I like what he looks I, I like what he looks like. I like the idea. I knew even when I was younger, kind of the 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 irony and the the uniqueness behind that kind of artificial intelligence being so intelligent that he knew enough to be depressed and mm. um yeah no, that was I, one of the my favorite characters i think when i was was reading through it yeah it's and that's that's got to tell you something like when the yeah. <laughs> uh, when the overtly depressed been around for millions of years but he's he does have that sort of dry depressed womp womp kind of humor to him mm. so uh i i enjoyed that i like I said, as I go back and read it and as I go back and think about it more as an adult as opposed to uh, like a, an, an early teenager, it there are just so many more novels out there that I feel I get more out of. Um, right, I enjoy yeah. more both from a humor level and from a, from an intrigue level, something that really pulls me in. I feel like this is a novel and I – I teach this to my kids. I don't. I don't. Um, I haven't done a full novel study uh, as a class, but when I do literature circles during the year and we talk about different themes and different uh, different ideas, this is a book that is on my list. And so every year I have about four or five, um, four or five students. Typically, they're male students of a particular. I mean, I already teach the nerds anyway, but let's go ahead and step that up to the 
the the super nerds that are into the kind of things that I was into and can I was gonna say what I was into when I was a kid the things that I'm still into mm-hmm. uh, the same kinds of things the the Legos and the video games and stuff and they read it and they enjoy it but I always go uh, you know it's one of those books that I'm so familiar with I always have to hes- I always hesitate to go oh did you see this part or oh what did you think about this and they're like what oh well sorry I'm trying to let you have the the uh, experience with the novel that I had when I was younger um, yeah. So you talked a little bit about you had already seen the film and uh, the novel was a little bit different. I thought the I thought the casting was pretty well done. I don't know how I felt about most Def is Ford Prefect, but I did like Martin Freeman as Arthur Dent. I really liked Sam Rockwell as Zaphod because he's kind of got that. There's something about his voice that's got the the cocky, self indulged kind of thing to it. What yeah? What were some of the things that? Like were really encouraging for you, or really off-putting for you when you were kind of because whether you were trying to or not, I'm guessing you were comparing one to the other as you were going through the book. Yeah, yeah. Whenever I watch a, a film, uh, sorry, read a book after watching the film, or vice versa, I always try and like I say kind of distance the two. But you know, it's pretty, it's pretty much impossible, I guess, to to really separate the two when, as you're reading it. But I think I know the film wasn't that well received, um, but I think it it does flow a bit better um that there was a you know i guess to begin with there was a a beginning middle and end in the book uh, in the film sorry um and i didn't really feel there was um as i was reading the book uh, because it it kind of ended uh, and i wasn't expecting it because the book i was reading um the version of the book it had about i think 100 or so pages extra at the end that was talking about the film and and stuff so i guess it was a a tie-in edition or something um as well as i was reading through it and i i didn't realize i was getting quite close as close to the end as i was um so they mentioned the um oh, what's it called the what's the second book the restaurant at the end of the galaxy? the restaurant yeah the restaurant at the end of the universe which is kind right. of where the first book leaves off and the second book picks up but they're very it's not like we take three months off and the characters you know like rest and recharge and stuff no it jumps right from one directly into the other right yeah so it, it did feel like that so i assume i think they were the whole story was already written, wasn't it? Because it was an adapt- uh, adaptation of the radio show. So I guess he it was already written to go sh- kind of straight in. I don't know how quickly they were published afterwards, but it did feel like, yeah, it just suddenly... They, they went from one scene that didn't really feel like an ending to then just closing out the book that I felt was a, a bit strange. While the the film has a bit of a overly happy ending i guess um i uh, assume it's all right to spoil something that i what written in the uh, 70s late 70s yes 78 was i think the first (laughs) time the radio play came out it's been released in so many different formats i'm pretty sure that you could uh, go ahead and spoiler alert if i can figure out how to insert (laughs) audio clips into the editing i'll put like a horn here or something yeah so spoiler alert andy's gonna spoil something for you Cool. Well done. Um, yeah, should have, uh, maybe for next time I'll prepare a spoiler alert kite type noise. But um, but yeah. So the, the the film ends. You know, very like I said, happy kind of ending with the Earth being rebuilt from what I remember. Um, whereas in the the book, it's kind of hinted at, but it doesn't actually happen. Well, not in the first one anyway. I don't know if it does later on, but it it just kind of ties up the loose ends, and I guess that's why a lot of the fans of the book didn't really like the film. Um, because from what I could tell from when I was reading and I haven't watched the film for a while, but from what I remember, it didn't 
vary a massive amount. Um, I know the, I'm going to forget everything now with the names, the aliens that blow up the earth, uh, Vogons, is it? It is Vogons. Good job, buddy. Nice. It's Vogons, yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so they, I I think they're featured, well, I know they're featured a lot more in the the film than they are in in the book. I think after that first bit, they just kind of disappear um, again, from what I understand. So there are differences and kind of themes vary a little bit, but I think overall the, the structure is the same. But I think I actually preferred the film to the book because it, because of that arc, I guess, they, they knew presumably that they weren't, well, they weren't planning on maybe making any more films and they obviously haven't since um, any ad, uh, adaptations of the, the rest of the books. Um so yeah, I, I think they planned in the starting and finishing that story in one hit. Uh, that I think just yeah, just kind of worked. You can notice the um, Britishness, like I said, like well, like you referenced earlier, the the links with Terry Pratchett kind of style, I guess. The um, the like I said, the the silliness for silly sake that it seems they were just like the the mice that were actually experimenting on humans instead of the the other way around and that's very kind of pratchety that's all i could kind of think of as i was uh as i was watch uh reading the book i really um, feel like i should read more pratchett novels or uh, have you read any or a pratchett novel to begin with yeah i i you if you like this i think you you would uh definitely get a lot out of that they're they're um obviously they're not science fiction they're they're kind of fantasy books well they are they're not kind of they are fantasy books um and they roughly follow they're kind of separate stories but some of the characters are crossover between all the different books so you don't have to look at the fact that there's i don't know 30 or so books and think um you know i should go through all of these and in order or you i guess watching reading the first couple in order um that introduces one of the main characters that appear quite a lot but after that you could probably just dip in and out of ones that sound interesting and you you'd still get a lot out of it i think no oh, it's i see i like things like that because i'm i'm a completionist when it comes to series of any kind so if mm-hmm. it's a television series i like to start at the very beginning because i don't want to miss in jokes or references to other episodes or something else because then I I feel like I'm then I feel like I'm out of the loop. I feel like I didn't have the complete experience and I realize that there's still, you know, things to be gleaned and something to offer even if you're not entirely involved w- from the very beginning, but I just I want to make sure I have everything that the that the director and that the producers and the writers are are trying to convey. I want to make sure I get the complete experience. So something that's mm. structured, kind of like that, where if you read the first couple and then can kind of pop in and out, I uh, I like that a bit more. Like one of my favorite fantasy series is The Wheel of Time, and there are like oh my gosh, there are like thirteen full length books and a prequel. Yeah. And my my students and I looked um, because we were looking. We we're talking about the difference between audiobooks and regular books, and if you were to Listen to all of the audiobook versions of the Wheel of Time series back to back without taking any breaks. You would have to listen continuously for like two and a half weeks. Wow. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, an investment. <laughs> yeah, from the beginning of the first book all the way through the end, including the prequel and any sort of interludes, it's, uh, yeah, two, mm. two and a half weeks. And I'm talking 24 hours a day. 
Yeah. Like you're listening continuously. So that's – yeah, it is quite an investment. Each book is like 40 or – it's like 40 plus hours yeah. per book. I've got – I do like that. I've, I've read I think to the sixth book. I was really into it when I was younger and it's taken me kind of from then to now to get to the sixth book and I kind of stopped halfway through because it, it seemed to be dragging its feet a bit too much. Um, but it is something I keep meaning to kind of go back to, to finishing off at some point. No, I, I agree. It's one of the, I think I made it all the way through the fifth book and right. um, got part of the way into the sixth book. I think, I don't know, it could have been all the way through four and made it into part of five. Um, and then I started trying to read the first book again over uh, over the holiday season this past year and, or this right. this past December. And I uh, I got part of the way into it, but I also picked up The Martian right around then. And, you know, with the, the holidays and everything else, it was kind of busy. And th- those are one of those books that I feel like you get a lot more out of it if you sit down and read it in large chunks as opposed right. to yeah. five or ten minutes here or there. So there's so many different names and weird names as well that like you said if you do kind of little snippets here and there you just completely lose track of who they're talking about and who that person is and what I did anyway. Yeah, I um, feel I feel like the Kindle has a thing that's supposed to help with that now. Maybe it's I think it's called X-ray or something else where they kind of follow all the references and the back sort of the backstory of all the characters. Um I don't know. I I don't I'm rocking a Kindle keyboard, boss. I have like the second or third version of the Kindle ever. It was a gift. I love it. It doesn't have yeah. any of these fancy, fancy schmancy sort of, uh, sort of things to it, but I don't get to do the, I got to keep up with it in my brain. Yeah. Well, that's fair enough. That's how it's, how it's supposed to be. How you're supposed to read. Don't need cheating. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's, if it's a novel that, or a series of novels that I have to write another novel full of notes just to keep up with, then. Yeah. That's a, <laughs> yeah, then I don't know how well that's uh, that's going to keep up with. That's why I haven't jumped into any of the Game of Thrones stuff yet. Yeah, I was literally going. I was just going to bring that up. I was going to say I have a trouble enough trying to follow the TV series and remember all of the weird names and who who's actually connected to who and how. And yeah, I don't think I would handle that as a book. Don't think I got the patience for it. I'm not a very good nerd. I haven't seen any of the television series either. I mean, so. yeah, that, that's worth a watch as well. That that as well as kind of drags its heels a little bit. You get kind of good episodes, and then three or four of just dragging along a little bit and just filling space or time. But it feels, but yeah, that's that's worth a go as well. If you ever get a time to do that, yeah, you know, when in all my massive amounts of free time when I'm yeah, not doing my full time job, my the... three other part time jobs. No, but it's it's something that, and that's part of the sort of selfish motivation into getting into maybe doing a little bit more working for myself or working just my wife and I is sort of in, and you and I were talking about this in the pre-show and this is not, this is only very tangentially connected to what we're talking about specifically, but it's kind of on topic to the, you and I kind of using the show as a reason to involve ourselves in more nerdy pop culture. And that is, and it's kind of reminiscent of, some of the stuff that Mike Hurley talked about on some of the episodes of Analog before uh, the holiday season. And that was that now he spends more time, A, having, you know, time to himself, but B, also he has more time to, like, play video games for Virtual, which is one of the other shows he hosts on the network. And 
I would love for Nerd Uprising to pay the bills so that you and I would have a financial incentive to spend more time watching Game of Thrones or reading the Wheel of Time series or, you know, binge watching an entire two seasons of Doctor Who or something like that. Like, I would love for that to be a, a thing. So, you know. Sponsors, if you're out there and you're listening and you've somehow stumbled into this 25 minutes of podcast and you're really enjoying it, uh, you know, we're we're not saying no. Give give us a reason to deliver more wonderful content. But no, I just I'm glad that we have the show because it has given me a reason to, to do more things. So Game of Thrones is on my list of things that I want to jump into. You and I can can talk about that at some point. Um, yeah, we can get that on the list. Yeah. And speaking of the list, um I want to go ahead and throw that out there again, those of you that are listening. If you have um, a topic that you would like to hear Andy and I kind of banter back and forth about, something sort of nerdy pop culture, book, film, television show, we're going to start dabbling into games here before too long. I really want to talk about the 3DS game that you picked up uh, this past week because uh, I don't think you can go wrong with Mario Golf. I've never felt bad about Mario Golf anytime I've played it. Yeah, so, I've never tried. I've never played any in the series before. Um, I just saw that it was it seemed a good price, and I'd heard people talking about it. I think now you mentioned that it was Mike Hurley on um, one of his podcasts. He was talking about picking it up. It sounded quite fun because the thing with my 3ds, every, every, all the games I've got on it are all kind of uh, I don't know what the right word is. Not long form, but that version of a game. You know that you have to kind of sit down and invest a bit of time. You know, spend an hour or so playing it. Yeah, they're um, kind of involved. You know, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. That the only real time at the moment that I get when I'm guaranteed to not have something else to do is when I'm sitting on the train on the way to work. Um, so something like that works. You know, you can have a round of golf for in half an hour. Is it why it takes me to get to work on the train? So um, yeah, I thought I needed something like that because my Vita. I've got a lot of indie games and stuff on my Vita. I play a lot, but I wanted to use the 3DS more just to justify the fact that i bought the new one and haven't actually used it since (laughs) (laughs) you're like i want this new shiny thing this is great (laughs) it literally has the word new in it and (laughs) now i'm just sitting here with it well that's good i we we need to make sure we roll that into whatever eventual video game episode we do here in the next little while because we should probably have a nintendo episode i have my old um i've told you i have an old 8-bit just like regular nes right yeah yeah Yeah, i I picked up yeah i know nice i keep trying to find one of them Oh, I got I got super lucky at a thrift store in Portland, Oregon when we lived there and picked that up. So I may have to plug that in and we may have to go vintage video games in an episode here down the road. But yeah, to nice. come to come back around, um if <laughs> yeah, back on topic. Yeah, back on topic. If you have uh an idea or a suggestion for something nerdy pop culture that you want to hear Andy and I banter about back and forth, or if you want to come on and come onto the show and talk with us about these things, I mean that would be cool. I wouldn't be opposed to having a guest on the show now that I'm forcing this on you andy andy we're gonna have guests now and you're gonna be like oh god we never discussed this this is not in in the pre-show um, i need to rename it the, the the name doesn't work with more than two people really <laughs> it's the person that stands in the middle of the bipolar it's monkey in the middle of the poles is what it ends up being um yep. so like that name yeah <laughs> let's go with that <laughs> yeah if you've got a suggestion you can tweet directly at us at the show which is at bipolar underscore podcast or you can just tweet with the hashtag uh bipolar podcast and both of those will get to us and we'll kind of look at it and figure out when we're going to roll it in and if it's something that we that sounds interesting to us we'll get back to you and maybe we can talk about it with you via twitter or we can talk with you about it on the podcast or something else but andy and i are really interested in learning 
I mean, I think Andy that we know a fair amount about nerdy pop culture. We're kind of we're, we're in that we're in that scene, if you will. Yeah, I'd say so. But I feel I don't know that we kind of have everything uh, everything involved. The the assignment that you have for me next week, which is which I want to talk about next, is not even it's a television show I'd never even heard of until you and uh, Andy Welfley started talking about it in our in our Slack chat. So. Um, I'm, I look forward to learning about some other kinds of popular culture, but if you've got an idea for us, uh, you can tweet at us at, at bipolar underscore podcast, or just tweet with that hashtag bipolar podcast. And we would love for, love to hear your suggestions and maybe even love to sit down and, and talk with you about some stuff. Um, yeah, absolutely. Andy, what are, uh, what are we doing in a couple of weeks and you know, a couple real weeks, not a couple will Andy bipolar weeks, <laughs> yeah, which is more like be a couple of weeks, which is more like may. Uh, what, yeah, I know. <laughs> well, actually, it's be ridiculous. <laughs> actually, we should be on episode 10 by now. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, you know, life happens. Um, people yeah, understand exactly. that, but we're going to try to get back on a, on a more regular schedule. What are you, what are we going to be discussing here in a couple of weeks that I get to learn a little more about? Uh, the next thing is going to be um, a sitcom. Uh, I guess you'd call it a sitcom. Um, well, yeah, kind of a sitcom from I think late eighties, early nineties on um, uh, British TV on the BBC or BBC Two. It was on. Uh, it's called Red Dwarf. It's uh, a it's a sci-fi show um, with four guys basically kind of stranded in space, in deep space. Um, I won't spoil. Uh, again it's really old but for, for for your sake i won't kind of spoil who they are how they got there or kind of their their stories because they're quite interesting each each of the four uh guys if you want to call them that um that are in it so it's it's i think if you i've, I've got all the episodes so i was i was re-watching the first kind of early ones and it it's aged like you would expect it would age um but i i think it still holds up uh well i hope it does i i it's one of my favorite shows um ever i can kind of i keep watching it an episode every so often just to kind of keep it fresh so um yeah i'm interested in seeing what you think of it it's quite again it's quite a britishy kind of thing um so i don't know if it may be a bit too much of that but yeah give it a go hopefully you uh, get something out of it yeah no i'll uh, i'll see what i can find available virtually i believe that um I feel like Amazon Instant Video has a pretty good deal with a lot of the BBC shows, so I'll check and see if they've got some of that available. We've got access to that and Hulu and Netflix here, and if all else fails, I'll find a way, a place to, and I use this term lightly, purchase it legally on the internet. Uh, <laughs> and Use it lightly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Don't fact check me on that one, and uh, we'll, we'll see how that works out. I'll try to um, see, because um, the, over there... In the motherland, you guys do television seasons and series numbered and um, like the quantity of of episodes within a season, I feel like is significantly smaller than it is over here. Yeah, each se- well series, um, it's a season's a series here for one reason or another. Um, there, I think there's only six episodes each series. Okay. Um, so there was, I think there's about ten se- series um, overall. So there's not a huge amount, you know, even however many years it was running for, there's not a huge amount to catch up on if you did watch a couple and really got into it. Again, with this, once you once all the four, because there's only four main kind of characters in it, once they've all been introduced, which is fairly early on, um, each episode after that, again, you can kind of just dip in and out. They're, they're kind of a little contained um, 
contained story in and themselves um regular kind of characters or things that they see kind of occasionally pop back in and out but i wouldn't have thought you would miss much um if you you weren't kind of familiar with it so um you know i can pick out if you do get access it i can pick out the the kind of main ones that would introduce the four of the characters because they're not all right away introduced in the first episode um that may be somewhere kind of where to start and then yeah like you said if you if you pick it up and enjoy it, you can dip in and out where, where however you see fit and they're, they're short as well you know they're only about 20 25 minutes long um we do that as well we usually have them pretty short as well for some reason each show so i know you guys have them they're about an hour long or well 45 minutes i guess with the the breaks in between the ad breaks but this is a bbc show so there weren't any breaks all right no i'm i'm, I'm uh words <laughs> when we when we talk about when you talk about it like that and you put those numbers together i feel like i shouldn't have too much of a problem knocking out the entire first series between now and when we meet uh virtually again so that that'll yeah. be my plan and then once i get kind of most of the way into the first series if there are some other really key episodes later on in the in the run of the show that you think i need to hit up then i'll uh i'll i'll probably just ask you on twitter so that other people can weigh in should they feel the need or the want to do so uh, but no i'm, I'm looking yeah, forward ahead, to yeah. doing that and um that kind of makes thing, me go ahead sorry i was gonna say one thing to um to try and put out of your mind is that I th- from what i remember it's got canned you know canned laughter for mm-hmm. because people aren't smart enough to know when they're supposed to laugh i guess um but yeah, I think that it's not really done so much now, um, is it? So uh, I think that might, it can be a bit grating, I think, um, in my experience anyway. So yeah, try and ignore that as best you can. All right, probably, well, that's all you'll think about now I mentioned it. No, I thought, well, thanks for the fair warning. I, um, of the limited amounts of that era of British television that I've watched, canned laughter seems to be a, a, a pretty... A pretty solid constant, so I'll do my yeah. best not to let it weigh in on my impressions of the show at all. But I, I look forward to kind of soaking that up. This, I believe, would probably be a really good uh, show for um, me to. I don't. I, I, segue isn't the word that goes here, but a show <laughs> that would be good for me to have you then watch um, the first few episodes of Firefly because. Yeah. It's also sort of loosely science fiction based, but also one of those shows that had um a really, really devote or devote devout following here in the in the States. And it's a show that I I think really holds up well too. So maybe that'll be where we go here in a couple of weeks unless we get some outstanding suggestions from uh from our listeners. Um yeah, and I know that I know that Rob uh, one of the other hosts here on the network and my brother has decided that at some point all four of the main hosts here on the network, you, myself, uh, Andy Welfley, and and my brother Rob, are going to jump into a video game of some kind. Minecraft has been bandied about, and I know that you have some some Blizzard material that you would love to have um, another excuse to spend more time in. So we got those yeah. episodes coming up around the bend to look forward to. Uh, I really love the new format, the new, the, the new way that we're doing this. And I hope that, um, I hope that some of our listeners have a decided to stay with us while we're making the transition and B, I hope they're enjoying it too. So if you've got anything you want to talk to us about or anything you want to, uh, want to say about the new format good or bad the best way to get in touch with us is via twitter so um andy uh andy future andy 
wonderful Andy. Andy, who is probably getting ready to go to bed because I keep him up at all hours of the day and night. What's the best way for people to get in touch with you uh, in the Twitterverse? Uh, you can get me at I am Future Andy. Okay. And if you need to get in touch with me, I am at Will Fengi. That's W-I-L-L-F like in Frank. A-N-G-U-Y. That's Will Fengi. That's the best way to get in touch with me. If you just want to send a tweet to both Andy and myself and you're running out of characters, we do have a Twitter account for the show. That's at Bipolar underscore podcast. Again, you can tweet episode suggestions there or with the hashtag Bipolar Podcast, and we'll see them and try to incorporate that into the way we're going here in the future. Um... Andy, you got anything else you want to say to the lovely listeners that have maintained and hung out with us for this long? Uh, no, not really. I've got a sound clip to close out the show, though. So um, if you're all done, I'll uh, I'll fire that one off. I no, guess. I'm 100% ready to go, guys. Thanks for listening to the show, and we will talk to you here again in a couple of weeks. Yeah, look forward to hearing, uh, well, speaking to you all soon. Bye for now. The last ever dolphin message was misinterpreted as a surprisingly sophisticated attempt to do a double backward somersault through a hoop while whistling the star-spangled banner. But in fact, the message was this. So long, and thanks for all the fish. <laughs>